the Bonfire, Comedy Central Radio, Sirius XM 95, The Quarantine Tapes. I'm Dan Soder. That just slab of hunk marble, just a fucking Adonis of a man. I went too hard. You know what? I went too hard, Jay. That's Big Jim Huckerson. Adonis was a lot. Adonis was a lot. I had built, built like Adrian Adonis, who was not a <laughs> very good body. <laughs> quarantine, quarantine third Mike, Joe DeRosa. Because he's right. We don't zhuzh it up for the rest of the crew. Joe, now it's in my... Now. Oh, that Jay coughed phlegmally over my name even. I didn't even... Yeah. Get, I got no adjectives and a phlegmy cough over my actual name. I mean, I got nothing today. I'm calling it phlegmy. It was weedy. It was also, Joe, shit, roll, <laughs> shit rolls downhill, so deal with it. Uh, the crew, the crew, shit rolls down <laughs> out of your pants, you dirt ball. Uh, it's, no, it stays on my underwear, idiot. I get it. <laughs> so it doesn't fall out. I save my turds for me. Those are my little... <laughs> I save my poops for later where I can enjoy them. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a turd pack rat. <laughs> uh, joining us, father to be. Uh, I and I. I've, called lj by sean fury which i think is such a fucking cool nickname from such a awesome guy it's black lou uh hanging out smoking butts inside jersey keeping it cool with the new kangle hat dj lou witzky the peach himself succulent succulent fruit eating son of a bitch jacob atat and christine marie evans hey man <laughs> and christine i'll tell you people Don't are bitch. people are way people are way in on uh on uh, Jacob's shaved hair and uh, DJ Lou's hat. DJ Lou's hat? They're in on the fucking dumb cowboy's hat? Oh, no, DJ Lou's hat. I think you meant Black Lou's hat. I was like, Black Lou's hat sucks. <laughs> I know probably when it comes down to it, based off natural skill and what we've learned about DJ Lou's life, is that Black Lou is probably also more of a DJ than DJ Lou. <laughs> natural black instincts. But uh, when we say DJ Lou on the show, we, we do mean the, the white fella over there in Jersey. Well, it's not a Kangol, number one, and number I apologize. two. I am a real DJ, just not a goddamn queer wedding DJ. Got it. Right, right, right. Where are you yeah. DJing at? Where are you spinning? Uh, right now, if I can get some audio in between all this fucking Zoom technology. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where are you getting the party started playing two turntables. That's not my idea of, that's not the kind of DJ I want to be. Right, right, right. So you're just down in the studio, you know, like mixing it up, putting shit on wax, building beats. No, I'm a radio man. I'm a radio guy. All right. All right. Fuck yeah, you are. You're one of the best. So like Dr. Know what John, that was. Like Dr. Johnny Fever kind of DJ? <laughs> I just don't want to do the fucking chicken dance, all right? Weather's in the ones, or what are we doing? No, why get paid all that money to DJ the wedding when you can carry the boxes for the guy who is getting the money? Because in your words, hey, I would be a total knob. I don't think you would be a total knob. If you're a wedding DJ, Lou. I think you'd be good at it. I think you'd be good at it. I don't like to. I don't like to work the room like that and be like, everybody, hands up. Like that's just so. You cool. love to work a room. I've seen you do it. Dude, are we talking five whiskeys in, dude? If you're getting stewed, all you you want you don't want to work a room. You want to work the building. Yeah, really. It's just when you're stewed, yeah, you want to work fucking all the floors. You're trying to work the block when you're all stewed up. <laughs> Dude, I would love to see, honestly, a combo that would be a real interesting, fun one to drink with would be DeRosa and Lou. Oh, yeah. I'd love it. I'll drink with you, Lou. Why haven't we done that already? Just by like, I, circumstance. You guys have so much fun. 
<laughs> it really is. It's crazy. It's like I was watching. I was watching AEW, and they were doing this thing with Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake Roberts, which was just two old men at a picnic table talking shit. That's basically all <laughs> it was. But they were like, "We've never wrestled, brother." And I'm like, "How has Jake the Snake and Arn Anderson never wrestled?" And then that's how I feel about DeRosa and White Lou drinking. I'm like, "How's that never?" Yeah, and I'll tell you this, uh, just so you know, Joe, you're gonna have to keep up with them shot for shot, or you're gonna lose them. Do you think uh, I'm not gonna keep up shot for shot? I'm just telling you, you'll, I'm, t- I'm telling you, you'll lose him. He's a wanderer. We lose him like a senile grandfather. <laughs> if I could do, Jay, if I could do a little uh, tale of the tape as a former alcoholic, I'm like one of those former boxers that talks about it, where I go, this is a very exciting matchup. You seeing two guys that I would love to get in the ring and trade with. And I just uh, want to point out, Dan, you're never a former alcoholic. You're always an alcoholic. Every day's a struggle. Every day's a new day. Yeah, you know what? Who says that? People that relapse. I call you a dry. I call you a dry drunk. That's my favorite one. When he's like, I'm angry at you, Dan. You dry drunk. <laughs> just converted to marijuana, the crypto of alcoholism. Cryptocurrency <laughs> pay off. Could wreck everything. It's the Bitcoin of alcoholism. I love when, uh, when people in AA say that when they go, "Dude, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm acting out. I'm being a dry drunk, dude." Like, oh, dude, my I mom used to twice t- this week. It's like you mean you're just living your life? <laughs> like, you're just living a regular life. The first time, I've heard. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, I was gonna say uh, the first time I ever heard that was my mom calling her cousin that. She's like, "Oh, he's just a dry drunk," and I was like, "What the fuck is that? What is yeah, that? I, is that what they mean that you just have done? You do other things compulsively?" I think it's me. It means you're acting drunk without having any alcohol, right? Just, it kind of oh. means that you don't. You haven't worked on any of the issues that cause you to drink. So being a dry drunk, it's like if you're in recovery, yeah. there's oh, constant action. Yeah, there's constant action that you're taking to like try to better yourself and figure out why you drink in the first place. If you just all right. So it says here, AmericanAddictionCenters.org say what is a dry drunk? Um, when a loved one enters treatment for a drug or alcohol addiction, the goal is to stop drinking. Uh, the, the the term dry drunk syndrome. Oh, Jesus Christ. They go like all the way back. Great. We upset DJ Lou. He's gone. Evans Evans pretty much nailed it. It was it, it, it's like it's the behavior. It's when you do the behaviors that were leading you to drink. So it's like that's why it's always sex or something. They go, I f- I keep having one night stands and being a dry drunk. Like no, that's that's, that's know, cross that- addiction. Dry drunk is like you quit, but like nothing gets any better. It's like you just don't drink. You don't really. Right. Do- you're like sad about not drinking. So she's she, uh, yeah. It's what Christine's saying. The signs and the symptoms they're saying are resentment towards friends or family, anger and negativity surrounding recovery. Depression, anxiety, and fear of relapse. Jealousy of friends who are not struggling with addiction. How do you not feel those things? You're hanging out with a bunch of fucking nerds that don't drink. (laughs) I'm a dry drunk. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm realizing how much of a dry drunk I am because it says romanticizing their drinking days, being self-obsessed, replacing the addiction with a new vice. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a dry drunk. And I'll tell you this, not because I wish any bad on you ever, ever. I only understand when I was going through my fantasies of this pandemic ultimately uh cartwheeling right into the apocalypse and we have to eventually take up our arms the way we said i was like in the apocalypse even if we plan on living tens uh, of years more uh, in the apocalypse as fighters and survivors as they call them on the the walking dead as we are walking around survivors i do picture you though going back full tilt ripping butts and drinking let me say that's uh let me stop you right there it would be smoking cigarettes i'd come back to smoke cigarettes i think um 
And the, like in the apocalypse, dude, if we're just fucking, if we're by campfires every night, there's no more thing as TV anymore. Like, really? When I run out, when I run out of weed, yes. <laughs> I just can't believe you wouldn't let fun back into your life as the world <laughs> was ending. Honestly, what I'm thinking about, I feel like one of those NFL players that retires and then like goes on to speak about brain damage because I just remember the hangovers and I don't want to go back. I just remember being fucking rocked by hangovers. At the end, I was fine for a while, dude. It really is like Roy Jones Jr. Like all of a sudden, I had a chin out of nowhere, and it was just getting you hit. Lost. You just kept losing. I, uh, when I was, dude, when I was, when I was like, people like Bert, when like Bert and other people I know that have that Mickey Mantle gene that they can just drink and don't have hangovers. I remember feeling that when I was young, but you don't realize most people can do that when they're young. Bert's in his fucking forties doing that, and I'm like, that's insane. Yeah, I can't stress this enough. You're not going to survive the apocalypse belly aching like that, dude. You got to toughen up, son. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah, but then, then I got to drink a fucking leather pouch of gin. You know, like as a we damn overlook. weakling. <laughs> you got to drink, you gotta drink <laughs> a, cow's hide, a cow's hide full of booze. He goes, he goes here, take it. Take the gas water. And I go, <laughs> he goes, we storm it. We, go, we storm and we grab their food and their women. And I go, I go hey, Joe. Did you ever work at Helium Indy? Was that a good room? <laughs> Just us having us having long conversations in the apocalypse. Dude, you're the dashing lead. You're the dashing lead man. So you got to smoke butts and do a shot before you give us a fucking speech about how we're going to move forward and get society back up, dude. No nah, man. Eat. <laughs> I'm a powerful number two. I'll fucking smoke. Oh, dude, no, dude, no, 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 no. You saw you you're on that scavenger hunt. You are a leader. Yeah, you are dude, a born leader. Your, your face is too. Uh, is too. Uh, are you telling me I got a leader chin? I'm, I'm trying to say this in a good way. Yeah, but you do. You have such sharp features. That it's like it's too. Uh, you couldn't be number two, dude. You could be unless unless we go like those Walking Dead people that wear oh, like the dead the, the dead people's masks over their face, like dead people's skin over their faces. Then you're hiding that, and then it doesn't matter, and and it's it's no uh, better. Then if you say your personality is to be the number two, is great. But I'm telling you, you have a hard time of fucking like uh, you know, me or fucking Joe being a goddamn leader when you're standing there next to us. Everyone's like, I wonder what that fucking tall, handsome son of a bitch thinks. <laughs> Dan, I'll lead, and you can be my second. I totally want to lead. Like, I know these two. These two, these two fucking fat neck goofuses over here told me what they feel about, but. I'm curious to hear what that sharp, angular face son of a bitch thinks about all this. Let me tell you how much trouble that would get us into, because behind this semi-truck is a child driving it. <laughs> so uh, We would just bang into the sidewalls almost instantaneously. All, the, all, the, all anybody needs to hear, Jay, is Dan refuses to drink the team juice, which is what we're going to call whiskey. <laughs> and then you know what? Joe. And they're not going to listen to a damn word he says. <laughs> Joe, but then there's that moment where that flashbang goes off you know like and then you're like wobbled and you, your vision's incorrect and you're getting sieged on by one of the cannibal tribes <laughs> that's hit our establishment and then you're doing it and then all of a sudden you just look over and just see me walking with a shotgun and a bottle of whiskey just like <laughs> get away from my friend <laughs> just the coming back the end of the rundown <laughs> there's no way dude you gotta have yeah you gotta be a little fucking zipped up Maybe we'd be making moonshine. Here's where maybe, here's maybe where, you got a sick ass, a sick ass face scar that really just makes you even look more masculine. That's all I've wanted. Then I can join you in the fingerless gl gloves tribe. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but we're like, all gonna rock the gloves, probably. I um, 
the reason I don't like to think like that is because we're going to get all ramped up on this radio show, and then I'm going to cut off the Zoom and want to go hit a bottle of whiskey. I'm like, that would be badass. The world's back. The world's uh, is going to come back together for sure. No, but then I'll be looking for signs. I'll be looking for smaller signs where they're like, Hey guys, we're locked down to September. I'm like, that's it. It's time to come back. No, <laughs> based off what you've told me that you feel, uh, what you're made up of inside, uh, when it deals with alcohol, I would encourage you probably even like not to, if you were like, I'm thinking about coming back, I'd go, ah, you know, it's like, you sure do because you've, you've expressed a uh, concern. But if the apocalypse happened, if it was like, Hey, everyone, that's it. Like, you know, hopefully electricity stays up, but, uh, you know, yeah, if the- by candlelight, I'm telling you, then I, I would encourage you to go back to boozing and smoking. Smoking, I almost come back if the, if the quarantine gets pushed into 2021, <laughs> if the quarantine gets pushed into 2021, I'm almost like, let me get a carton of Camel Lights in a box and just start getting after it. Um, I'm way more scared of, I, I'm for me personally, I'm way more scared of smoking a cigarette and having it become a real problem and addiction again than I am of booze hitting me that way. Like if I drink booze, I, I don't know, I might get too drunk, it might be fine. I feel like I could walk away from it. Like the minute I smoke a cigarette, I just want more and more cigarettes. It's Christine. never ending. Let me tell you what would happen if I let in old fat old pal booze. If I let him into the house, he would tear this whole thing down. I would just within four drinks, I'd be like, "I'm gonna go get a pack of cigarettes." And I'm gonna call everyone that's wronged me. <laughs> hey, can I ask you a genuine question, and, and I uh, mean this like uh, like as a genuine question that I don't know the answer to. You don't think there's a way you can moderate yourself in life? With it, you're, you're such a rational, uh, like, you know, like you're pretty, uh, you're a disciplined person when it, when it comes to things you have to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not a, you're not a fucking reckless dude. Um, you don't think it's possible to be able to come back with, with, with moderate levels of drinking where it's like, you know, you get a, you get a little fucking tipsy or whatever. It's a, it's rare that you would ever get like fucking sloshed. Also, no, without the young, without the young, like impression of like romanticizing the alcoholic too, like kind of putting that aside as well. Once I start, if I started drinking again, it would just be it would be a gradual graduation to me drinking the way I used to. Because you'd immediately start going like, I want it, I want more, I want more. Fuck yeah, dude! Ask like Derosa used to go out with me all the time. We would have a beer, and then I'd be like, You want to do a shot? I don't. You gotta say, Dan. I don't say this to sway you in any way, at all. You often, and I'm somebody that I like to drink, obviously. Uh, I've pumped the brakes quite a bit during this thing, but um, I'm a fan of booze. I do not personally think I'm an alcoholic. I think I'm just somebody that likes to go out and have fun um, because I'm single. Um, and like when something like this happens that takes the fun part out of it, I, I'm like, eh, I don't even care if I drink or You know what I mean? So, yeah. so I will say this, though. You would say to me more frequently than I, frequently than I ever said to you, like, yeah, dude, I'm just ready to go home. Like, and I would, you would give me shit for wanting to stay out. You said, you said to me once, you want every night to be New Year's Eve, man. And I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> here's, here's, <laughs> so, here's what I'm getting at. I only saw you in an embarrassing shape once ever. I know, I know, which day, I know which day that birthday. was. Your birthday. It was your birthday. I saw fucking Alabama shakes in Central Park. 
only time I've ever seen you in rough shape. And you told me that night you had to get up early for an audition or something. Yeah, I, I, it was for Morgan Spurlock's company. I had to wake up yeah. and go do that Mansum thing that I ended up hosting on Yahoo. That was the only time. Now, I don't know if you did that kind of thing a lot. That was the only time, though, where I was like, oh, Dan, maybe Dan has a problem because he's got an important thing tomorrow, but it's also his birthday or whatever. Like, I never really saw you act like an asshole or anything. Dude, what, was it a problem? Because son of a bitch got the part. I mean, I'm saying maybe, maybe, well then Christ. maybe, maybe <laughs> not drinking maybe not drinking's been holding you back, Dan. <laughs> time to get that time to go get that Emmy and Oscar. <laughs> I just get hammered and I'm just like, I'll fucking bite everyone's nose off. No, it was uh the reason it was a problem, it was every Joe, I did that though. I drank and it's crazy Joe List is our guest today, because he was one of my drinking buddies. It was the the way I drank, the consistency of how I drank was the problem i wasn't a stay up till six in the morning guy sometimes i was if someone fun was working caroline's like if jay was at caroline's or someone was at, at caroline's i would just go drink and then we'd go to playwrights and then keep going Those here's what the- i here, here's what i'm getting at and i think this is and look good for you you stopped it runs in your family it's uh, you know it's a it's a different yeah. scene than what i'm what i have in my life Damn, joe nice but, personal digs dude he goes you know your father was too weak your grandfather was too weak <laughs> your daddy couldn't drinking. handle it you come from barely handle it. <laughs> you come from drinking trash. It's uh it's a long lineage of just garbage. And uh and you found yourself in the middle of all that. You're victim you're victim to that, really. Your daddy's daddy, your daddy's mommy. <laughs> so I think I almost think this I and I think almost the same thing for me if I liked weed. I think if you if you didn't have weed, you would eventually just slowed down and phased out of it. That's what I think. I think you stopped at a time because I had those moments back then too, around when you stopped, where I was like, "Am I out of control, or or am I just having too much free time on my hands?" And then you actually stopped, but then you were able to plug in weed right away and well, have was, another escape of sorts. I, yeah, you know what I mean? been, but, but well, I've I been smoking weed the whole time. I've been smoking weed since I was a teenager. Right. right. So, so I, just, but what, what I'm saying though is, is at those times when I thought like maybe I should stop, I didn't have the weed, so I would always go back to booze eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I need something. And eventually, you just kind of pump the brakes and slow down, and you're like, hey, I don't, you know, the hangovers are harder than they used to, whatever. I feel like you might have been one of those guys versus a Joe List, and I don't say this to disparage the man, but I saw List on many occasions <laughs> in a state where I was like, you have turned some strange corner right now. I don't know what happened to the guy I was with all night, but. Yeah. Well, it's weird. Like, yeah, I have that, save, too. Save those stories for when Joe's on. That'll okay. be a fun conversation. I have that too where I describe it as like a werewolf. It's like something goes off in me where I am a different human being. I feel like Dan's drinking. I've seen like major alcoholics drink like this where it's like you would drink like six shots and six beers in a night and like be so it's like 12 drinks, 14 drinks a night and like seem okay. And it felt like it was more on your insides that it was like killing you. The only person that could tell was Nate. The thing I'm going to pop in here and just say is I'm pretty sure I told christine i called her a werewolf she didn't call her <laughs> we used to refer to it me and all my drunk friends in her mo- we yeah. said we werewolfed last night that was like a term <laughs> yeah that's funny like nate i love him nate turns a corner like you'll be drinking with nate and it's all just talk about sports or music or whatever and then all of a sudden he looks at it and he's like well i'm not i'm not feeling the love man i'm not what's going no. on and you're like whoa <laughs> an actual lazy eye jay goes christine has googly eye and that's almost like my tell of like i'm not here anymore so funny you say that he goes to a fucking wrong one eye goes the wrong direction it's bizarre it's just like it dude it's crazy <laughs> 
Carrie, my friend Carrie, growing up that I was friends with uh, through high school and college, um, she would get drunk like that, and I would get wonky, and I'd call it Mike Shanahan eyes. Because he, <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> she's, 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 a, she's a Biggie Smalls eye. Yeah, like, dude, she's <laughs> like that here. She goes, oh, oh, that's the hardest problem. But Dan, Dan, we all. We all drank like that back then. Mark Norman used to drink like that. And he's Norman, Norman kept it up well past all of us quitting. He, he didn't quit, did he? No, he still drinks. Yeah, but I'm, that's my point. Like, I feel like Mark, me, me, Mark, and I feel like you would have been one of these guys too. I feel like it just kind of slows down eventually and you just go, eh, you know, like, but uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I, that is not me saying I don't think you did the right thing. I'm just saying well, I, I wonder if, you know, it started being other people telling me, like, you gotta oh, slow. Well, you gotta slow that down. And then my therapist was like, "You have to stop drinking." <laughs> I was like, "No, I don't. I'm fine. I'm fucking <laughs> great." And he's like, "No, you're an alcoholic." And I'm like, "Nah, man. I'm not my dad." And he goes, "No, you're you're not. You but go, you're going down that road." <laughs> you go. You bought a flask. You go. Hey, doc. If it's gonna get heavy in here, I'm gonna need a nip. <laughs> <laughs> I go. Hey, honestly, I've taken three nips because we're getting deep. You mind if I step outside and rip a butt? Come back in. We, we prorate this sesh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold that thought. Hold I'm that gonna thought. go burn one. You know what? Wanna, come out with me. Come out with me. We'll do this sex out front. Oh, dude, could you imagine if your fucking therapist would go outside while you smoke with you? Dude, that would be the best, man. That's all. You, you just your, your, your answers. Just your answer being like, he's like, well, do you think that's uh, uh, your dad coming through you? And you go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, just, that thing he goes. Well, how did you feel when you were a child? And you go. Alone. <laughs> I love it. It was mostly sad. <laughs> the exhale after anything is the best. It's super deep. You go, and where what, where did that happen? You go. He was at my birthday party. <laughs> he goes, and what did your dad do then? Molested me. <laughs> at what point did you know you're in danger? And you're like, when he was inside me. <laughs> <laughs> he goes he goes and what did he do he goes and what did he do to your sister you got her pregnant like, whoa did he pregnancy could you tell anybody yeah, yeah, could, yeah could you tell anybody and you go he was also our landlord <laughs> <laughs> Holy funny. shit! <laughs> I couldn't go outside, but I think you're right, Derosa. I mean, there there is a part of me that thought like, oh, you would you would slow down eventually. But the thing that really like scared me into stopping was I after I did New Faces um, in 2011, unrepped, didn't get the regular New Faces. Uh, I went, blew it away. Yeah. You're the star of unrepped, dude. You were the star of unrepped. Everybody wanted a piece of Dan after that set. Fucking faces. I never got it. You fucking even I, even, but, yeah. even I threw even I threw that dick and you were just not bite. <laughs> but I I came back and like um you know I've been friends with Koppelman since 07 and I went to his office and we were just like hanging out and he was like he just stopped and he's like, You still drinking a lot? And I was like, Ow oh, man, I'm actually doing shots anymore. I'm just drinking beers or whatever. I gave him like that excuse and he's like but you're still drinking beer. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want, why, you want to go have one? It was like something like that. And he's like, and, he, and you know, just in a way that, you know how compliment is in a very compliment way. He's like, dude, that's going to be the thing that fucks you up. He's like, you're going to get drunk and say the wrong thing to the wrong guy. 
He's like, that's just your personality. You get bolder when you're drunk. And for some reason, it hurt. I remember uh, Metzger used to have a joke where he talked about monkey, like humans or monkeys that fucked a pig. And he's yeah. like, he goes, that's the, tr you know how it's the truth because the truth hurts a little bit. <laughs> and I knew when Koppelman said that, I was like, fuck, that stung. It just like stung me being like, yeah, look out. You're going to, you're going to fall if you do that. And I was like, ah, shit. Cause I could see my personality. And then a moment happened where we your career also like happened to, which is a good thing. Like, uh, like take off from that point. Like it was like, you had like a steady, uh, incline. I was lucky that I was, I was starting to get stuff as I quit drinking. So I think I kind of right. poured yes. my into that. So you don't even know if you would have like fucked up, you know what I mean? But 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 for the best either way. But dude, I remember a night, I code season four premiere. I was fucking at Stand Up New York, and I started drinking uh, Crown Royal and Cokes. I don't know why. Oh my god, that's like my dad's fancy drink. <laughs> I was like, dude, I was at, and you guys know. I mean, that's where I met Jay. That's where I met DeRosa. That's where I became friends with like all of my friends at comedy was Stand Up New York when Wayne ran it. A fun club. God damn, that was such a fun club. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean, I have a picture in. I have a picture somewhere of DeRosa and I, and I'm outside. And I got long hair, and we're both smoking. And DeRosa's looking at his like flip phone. It's like an old, like from like 2008. Um, but I remember I was at Stand Up New York, and I was drinking uh, Crown and Cokes, and I probably put like four back. And it was the guy uh, season four guy code premiere at this like uh table tennis you know like a ping pong place it's like not the black there's it's one on 23rd street and i do my set the most jarring thing in the story so far is there was four seasons of guy <laughs> jay there were five yeah yeah i feel like it was gonna be more than four <laughs> I, always felt, I always felt good but i walked away i walked away before the franchise uh, ended that was it yeah you're like you know what i'll leave one of those things at the peak i'm not going down with the ship when they get you at Guy Court, <laughs> oh, they hit me. They hit me after we filmed season four of Guy Court. They're like, "How would you?" Like, or Guy Code. They're like, "How'd you like to do Guy Court?" And I was like, "No, he's spin off, Dan." It was one of. The, I remember that thing because they were like, "Do you want to do Guy Court?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know if I'd be right for that." And then, yeah. and then you're the, better, you're the better call Saul of Guy Code. Yeah, yeah, but dude, then Stern was like, "All right, I'll just ask him for like." money you know like i'll ask him for crazy money and he just calls me back and they go they said yes to four episodes like, fuck. oh fuck it's kind of like you throw something out there and you're like yeah i'll do it if this and they're like cool and then you're like fuck oh shit i gotta do it that's funny but i uh is i think maybe i behaved like that because of uh my mother was well what happened to your mother gang raped happened <laughs> that day you go Watched her sister get killed. <laughs> yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, oh my god, your sister was killed by her husband. <laughs> she trusted my more father. Than <laughs> turns out, turns out, he was my biological dad. <laughs> uh, but dude, I, so you found out you were adopted. It was uh, you, you were adopted by your stepfather, but who was your biological dad? Serial killer. Oh my god, you Dexter? They but anyways, I showed up to that uh premiere and I remember um I show I walked to the bar, I did a shot of Crown Royal and a Heineken. I had a Heineken, then I did another shot of Crown Royal, and then Andrew Schultz and his girlfriend were like standing there and I was like talking to him. I think I was being like pretty animated about something, and I just remember Schultz goes, 
you think you should head home? <laughs> you know, it was like one of those. And I remember being like, ooh, ooh, okay. Shitty thing to say. No, I'm sorry. Say, yeah, but he wasn't yeah, saying no, it like. No, don't, don't, don't yeah, right. it up. That's a yeah. shitty thing to say. Even if you could have taken your dick out of piss on the floor, I wouldn't have said that to you. I just been like, over <laughs> here, man. I'll see you later. Joey, Joey, have you ever drunkenly like made a boob of yourself at a comedy club? Uh, I can tell you a couple boob moves. Uh, I went to the uh, the series. This one stings a little bit. <laughs> I'll let it out. I was like 39. I went to the series party, the series finale party of uh, The Meltdown, the show that Jonah and Kamal had on Comedy yeah. Central. It was at a... Um, bar a block from my house where i was living in la at the time it was a bar that i go to a lot it was open bar uh oh and there was a blackout in la so it was like this real wild vibe in there yeah dude uh, i just imagined a bunch of hands touching people touching people the bar was <laughs> with ivy strings the, the bar's electricity was on, but the, there was a blackout. No, no, I'm sorry. There wasn't it wasn't the blackout. That was a different party. Ellie anyway, Rogers. it was just the finale. <laughs> My good friend Reginald Denny's driving his truck with me. <laughs> Is he going fast? Sure. Did he deserve what he got? Come on. I tell Reginald, I go, don't stop at the light. You're gonna regret stopping at the light. No one ever talks about I'm it. telling you right now, what's the worst gonna happen? A cop's gonna show up good. Run the light. And he goes. Look, I'm a trucker. I don't want to lose my CDL. <laughs> you know, dude, getting danced around while beating him with the cinder blocks, dude. And I'll tell you what. <laughs> being the guy. I said, he's always going to regret not listening to me then. Dude, being the guy that's with Reginald Denny in the car when he gets pulled out. And you go, Reginald, don't stop. Reginald, ow. Yeah, Reginald, don't stop. He goes, he goes, what do you mean? It's a red line. He goes, dude, I know. But look what's happening right. He goes. Dude, there's guys who just misunderstood, and they're having a show of expression. <laughs> of things. No, but still, maybe you're right, sure, but let's just drive, dude. You know, like listen, man, I I, I truck around this country, and I know <laughs> the problem that black people have is with rich whites, not the working man. <laughs> and then they pull him out. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, I, you, you, he opened his door for me. He goes, what's up, guys? You getting it all out? <laughs> Yank him out of the car. I'd rather get beaten the head with a brick than think that. Well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he leads with his union number. He's like Reginald Denny, Union Two One One, Pipe Fitters. <laughs> they just like fucking pull him out. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. so, oh dude, I, they whooped his ass. Yeah, I but, was at this uh, party, this this finale party. So it was, you know, there was a lot of people there. A lot of people there. Uh, and, and by the way, <laughs> important the people. Biz. Important. Uh, I was. I got so drunk. You were what? Sam J. With Sam J. Actually. Sam J was living in LA still at the time and she came in and Sam and I were just people like when we met it was just like we're doing shots right like we just like clicked and we started throwing back these you and Sam J Sam J okay and we started doing shots and sh and then like but I was I was floating around the room man like when one person dipped out of the party I found somebody else to do shots with and, um I all I remembered at the end of the night was that I had fallen asleep standing up at the bar, like this, oh. like just like on my arm, like. <laughs> and then I like woke up and I was like, and like, stomp walked out of the bar like all drunk and went and got pizza and went home. And the next day I woke up like had that jolt awake thing in your bed. We were like, Ugh. I hated that. And I looked at my phone. 
And Brian Cook uh, texted me. I text from Brian Cook, and he goes, you all right, dude? And I was like, oh, fuck, fuck. What did I do? And I called him, and I was like, "What? what is, what's up, dude? How bad is it? And, uh, and he was like, no, 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 dude. He's like, you didn't do anything bad. And I was like, what did I do? And he goes, you fell asleep at the bar. And I was like, yeah, I know that. He goes, uh, he goes, well, right before that, I found you in the bathroom. <laughs> he goes, you were standing over the urinal, just standing there. When I walked in, you, you asked me, how do I flush this thing? <laughs> that is so fucking funny. Just like, oh, Jesus. Uh, I've had a few of those, though, man. I had one of those where fucking uh, Vince Vaughn and Peter Billingsley carried me home. What? (laughs) (laughs) You were in in a fucking Vince Vaughn joint? That sounds like a movie. (laughs) I was at at uh, the the Wild West Comedy Festival in Nashville, and we went to the party the first night. And um, same thing. I got like whacked and then I just fell asleep in the corner. Like that's all. That's the worst thing I would ever do is I would fall asleep. Vince Vaughn, you on your way back to your hotel, was he going, no, nah, Joe, you can't, you can't be doing this, buddy. All right. We're going to put you down. And you got to stay down. You, gotta, you can't be going to sleep. Was he charming on your way so home? As you're like, <laughs> that was a good yeah, Vince Vaughn. I went the next day in my bed again, like, <laughs> dude, dude, people, people don't realize how much that fucking a tell blackout joke, like time travel is so true. Cause you really come to, and you're like, <gasps> where have I been? It there's a song. There's a sublime song called what happened. And that literally it's like this. You're like, you're like, what did I do? What did I do? And it's yeah. like, you don't always remember what you did. I, my first blackout, I saw a picture of myself talking to a guy that I had slept with that I hadn't talked to since I slept with him. And it was just us in this intense conversation that I had no recollection of. You got to talk to him or he got to talk to you. We just avoided each yeah. other. So yeah. We fucked again. Don't worry. <laughs> that Don't worry. one. Jesus. That one, as soon as I woke up. Just, you know, Joe, just let, let a moment of silence go for a second because Christine does things like that, blurt shit like that out, and immediately regrets it. And let her sit for a minute. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Lou has a, a clip now for sure, and that'll live forever. I fucked him again. Don't worry. Yeah. And then everyone, everyone on their Zoom picture just goes like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" And then Christine's like, "Hey, I shouldn't be." Nice. <laughs> she goes, "I'll say it right now." I fucked him again and it was better the second time all over my face <laughs> okay i should probably yeah. have more shame than i do <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to be ashamed you always just say it with such like uh you don't have to be shamed at all you just say it with such oomph all the time i sucked him and his friends off and what we're like all right stop yelling at us you don't have to give us the dirty deeds you don't have to give us the dirty deeds what i love cum I love it. I took it. It's, it's the, the fluid of life. I'm sorry if I love cum so much. I want it, and I wanted a lot of it. <laughs> Everyone's like, okay, that's fine, but why are you yelling it at us? We all love cum here at the bonfire. I still have some of it. Right. I saved it in my purse. Sometimes, sometimes I squirrel. This is my pussy. <laughs> Jesus. Sometimes I squirrel a couple ounces in the old cheeks. You know what I mean? Just let it, just let a time release down my gullet, cause I love cum. Cause I make little cum balls like this, <laughs> like dipping dots. <laughs> she rubs it on her fingers and waits for it to dry and peels it off like blue. Yeah, like we used to do in third grade, where she goes, "I'm just peeling cum, Jay. I'll be right there." 
<laughs> we all love cum. Fine. Next subject, please. <laughs> Joe, Joe, you were uh, saying? As you were saying, in, in the hotel in Nashville when you do the what happens. I came to the, yeah, I came to, I had faint flashes of Vince Vaughn being in an Uber with Vince Vaughn. And I was like... <laughs> That's a funny thing to have fate remembrance of. Yeah, it was such a weird thing to have. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I get up. I'm like, oh, fuck, 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 man. What did I? Fuck, fuck, fuck. I start panicking. I go downstairs to the lobby. Remember, it was pouring rain outside, so I couldn't walk anywhere. All I wanted to do was walk and just get it out of my system, and oh. I couldn't. And I was just stuck in the lobby, and I called Steve Byrne because Steve is good friends with Vince and Peter. And I told him the whole story, and I was so embarrassed. And uh, Steve was like, bro you're you're worrying about the wrong dudes they're not going to care we've all been there like don't worry about it and i was like no no dude i feel like an asshole like and steve was like joe i am telling you do not worry and as i was talking to him i saw peter billingsley and i go all right i see peter i gotta go i gotta make sure i'm not an idiot and i go to peter and he's like hey man how you doing and i was like um good i'm i'm really sorry and he's like dude bro fuck that it was a great time no man left behind don't worry about it. like was totally just kept saying that and i was like all well, right his, man his friends are this group of swingers that's them yeah basically and i was like yeah, we prop you up in a diner we feed your burger dude we get it done vince stomps on the fucking table john favreau misses his ex <laughs> i got a couple twos in the jukebox we have a good time i still felt stupid and i was just like i don't know and i was i was having anxiety all day about running into vince vaughn and how stupid i felt and we had jay had uh what's your fucking deal that night and i was audience mike and they came to it and yeah before right. the show i went upstairs and vince was upstairs at zany's and i went up to him almost like hat in hand like all like and as soon as he saw me his face lit up and he goes what's up brother how you doing man and i was like i feel really stupid dude uh and, uh, and he's like fuck that that's part of the hang bro that was a good oh. fucking time <laughs> and i go I go, I don't really remember much. And he's like, bro, you fell asleep. You didn't do anything weird. You just passed out. It's okay. No man left behind. They all kept saying no man left behind. That's the most man. frustrating thing of all of it. The no man left behind is their rule is such a weird, like, fucking. <laughs> it really, it's like everybody should be wearing uh, one of those shoes that have different colors on them. Wingtips. They should wing all be wearing wing. They should <laughs> yeah. be wearing wingtips so, and slacks. Hey man, no man left behind, Daddy O. You know we get so my boys home. He goes, uh, Hey, Daddy O. He goes, uh, he goes, he goes. We went through the drive-through. Did you eat that burger? And I go, No. <laughs> he goes, No worries. We got you a burger, man. And then, uh, and then Vince's sister was there, and she goes, she goes, Me and Peter got you up to your room safely, sweetie. You have nothing to be embarrassed about. It was a great time. And she goes, Peter, that little, that asshole, like, like not Rick, really mad, but like, like, and I was like, what? And she goes, you don't remember what she, he was saying to you while he was carrying you to your room? And I go, no. And she goes, Peter kept saying that when he got you into the room, he was going to fuck your face because nothing in life is free. <laughs> <laughs> and I was laughing. So, and I was like, that is so, what a great story that Ralphie from a Christmas story was carrying me to my room going, I'm going to fuck your face, buddy. Nothing in life is free, dude. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think he learned that from fucking Christmas story? That leg lamp. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he, uh, I was hoping that the girl uh, had sex with you while you were half out of it and got pregnant by you, and now she's holding it over your head. Oh. Vince Vaughn's brother-in-law. 
Yeah, so cool. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty cool. She's already married with kids. Apple. I get. She talks like Vince Vaughn. She goes, I laid you down. I took, I took off your pants and I took your seat. I put it right in my pussy. That is exactly how he talks all the time. I suck you off for a little bit. That's how she talks. She goes, I pulled your pants down. I took you a little warm. I put it in my mouth. You know, you were a little, uh, you were a little thing, but I got hard. I got to get nice and hard. You got hard enough? I was able to get it in there? I was oh, oh, buddy. First time buddy, I ever buddy. met him, <laughs> first time I ever met him, he was playing, he was in his office. I went to his, I went to the Wild West offices to work with Steve Byrne on something, and Steve and Vince were playing, uh, were, I, I'm, my hand to God, ice hockey on PlayStation, just like in Swingers. <laughs> I was watching them play. Uh, Vince Vaughn's assistant came in. She goes, Vince, you have a call on line one. And he goes, there's a nice way to do that. He said a line from a movie that he said in movies. And then when he, he kept beating Steve, and then after the game, as Steve was walking away, he kept being like, Steve, you know, it doesn't matter who won or lost today, man. The thing is, we spent quality time together. That's what it was all about. It doesn't matter that you lost repeatedly. I was like, he's just this guy, and they put a camera on it. What if you found <laughs> out that part of being friends with Vince Vaughn is you just have to relive his movies, and that's like real. I can't today. I can't do. I can't do the breakup. I can't do. The <laughs> <laughs> Today's gonna be psycho. He goes, okay, all right. Listen, I think today, I think today, I feel like this weekend we're going to do wedding crashes. You know, you'll do a little Owen Wilson and, you know, I'll be me. We'll just fly around. And you're like, I can't. Dude, I can't. I thought we were supposed to go to the Bengals game. I, 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 can't, I can't go to fucking uh, nautical Maryland right now, man. It's I, just, it's, it's, uh, I, don't have, I don't have the extra cash. Dude, Debbie's sister's in town. We're supposed to get lunch tomorrow. He goes, and that's even more reason. Bring him along. We're going to have fun. And you go, Vince, I can't. I can't. Like Vince Vaughn, Dan. It's really good. <laughs> he was like my number one Hollywood crush for so long. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. You want to tell anybody about the time you fucking sat on a cucumber while you thought of him? <laughs> you want to learn that something aggressive? Let's take our first break, but I have loved our entire first segment. Christine's just been zinging Jays with I want to's where she goes, and I did fuck him. And she goes, Vince Vaughn, flick the bean to him a bunch. I often picture that your dick is his dick instead, like a cartoon mirage, and I fuck that. And I smile. And then that's when I finally I emote joy. And then that at that direct moment is when I smile. When I was drunk, I'd suck all the dicks. Joe, you were saying. Uh, go back to Nashville. Take us back to Nashville, Joe. And just <laughs> take us back to Nashville, Joe. Sidebar. I just munch cum like I was born to do it. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I really just thought I said I have my story of like puking uh behind David Tell's back. Uh, Mohegan Sun on the bar, but that wasn't even from alcohol, like too much alcohol. It was what the alcohol was. Like I, I threw up from like the taste, the taste and and warmth of the alcohol. Maybe just throw, it was gag throw up. The dumbest one I've ever had. The scariest one I've ever had was uh, the same summer that that uh, I did Montreal. I went right from Montreal to Denver for my friend's wedding. And we were just like drinking. I was just binge drinking. So I like went from binge drinking in Montreal down to Colorado. It was just binge drinking. And I went to a Rockies game. I don't give a fuck about the Rockies. And they were playing the Cubs. Started drinking Tall Boys at this bar down by Coors Field. And they had like a Tall Boy and Shot special. So I was like, why are we even going to the game? 
I said that to a bunch of people. I'm like, why go to the game? Let's just get fucked up here. And then this girl that was cousins with my friend's girlfriend was was there. And we were just hanging out and went to the Rockies game. Don't remember it. Walked in. And then I woke up the next morning in my mom's guest room in her townhouse with that girl. And in, I, her, in her robe. I never <laughs> I do more things about your mom. In my mom's clothes. In her curlers, in her curlers, with my toes painted, the plum purple she uses. In her, in front of her vanity, sitting wearing. Christine is the only time I've ever, outside of you know, school, like bring a girl back to. Like I can't imagine. I haven't been single as an adult in a long time, but I can't imagine like. Going to a bar and like bringing a dude back to like my dad's new house. <laughs> oh, no, man. The only time I even tried it was there's this bar uh, that's like in Aurora called Emerald Isle, and it just like has a good view or whatever. And there were some, there was some real. It's a roadside bar, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and so there was one night we were hammered in Emerald Isle, and I was like, my "Mom's apartment complex has a hot tub. Let's go to it." And he's like, everyone was like, yeah, let's do it. We'll get fucking beer and we'll go. And then that was the only time I ever tried to get people even remotely to hang out. So when I woke up out of a blackout at like six in the morning and then there's just this body next to me, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. How do I get the fuck out of here? And then I heard my mom. I heard my mom leave to go to the uh, take the dogs to the dog park. And I was like, you got to wake up. We got to get the fuck out of here. It was jolting. All this talk of booze give me the itch. <laughs> did you did you not remember? Because I didn't really have. I have a couple of those, but I wouldn't wake up and really not know like if I had sex or not. Like, did you wake up out of blackouts and like not know if you would fuck the night before? Yeah, one time I woke up at Arizona in this uh, big Samoan girl's bed, and uh, I think one of us pissed, and no one knew. <laughs> neither one of us knew which one it was. Did it smell tropical or did it smell domestic? <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was lime flavor, so it was me. Uh, if it would have been if it would have been fruit punch, it would have been her. Hawaiian punch, a mango or a uh, or a pineapple. Go, that's papaya. That's you. That's you. That's your that's your sis right there. <laughs> Mashed potatoes. That's me. Fucking crack a brewski right now, boys. I ain't gonna lie about it. Yeah, dude. Rosa to open. I'm a beer. I'm a beer either, Rosa. Um, and guess what I'll do? I'll put a I'll put Gatorade in a solo cup and then smoke a binger because I brought my ball back with me. <laughs> yeah, dude. dude. That's what I'm talking about. We all got vices. Yeah, dude. Let's get dirty together. I, it's funny. I, I this might be a fun uh, conversation too when we have uh, Joe Lynch join the show after the break here. But we. Uh, I've never had the experience in my lifetime ever, and I'm, I'm happy to say, of bringing home like a first night or one night hookup in front of roommates. I think I'd be weird about that, like in general. I told you, I brought. Oh, that's not true. We had hookups with Mike, and it was awkward. Uh, right. I mean, not right. on your own, but like there are definitely know. times where it's like we'd have a girl here, and like Mike would be like, Mike would try to like say something over her head, but she was right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was when I squirted all over that girl's face. You knew who the queen bitch was. Joe, you were saying? <laughs> she goes, I came in her mouth, you came in her mouth, and then we snowballed it, and then it was just great. Joe, Tennessee oh. Tennessee living, how is it? That girl's, Jay, that, girl's, never... that girl's hands made me gush like the Bellagio. Joe, your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. never lived in a proper roommate situation. You've always been a couple with a roommate. 
right? And me and Christine, and me and Christine, uh, she's right about bringing uh, a girls home with Fenoy here. But for the most part, we would try to almost purposely keep that to like coming back late enough that uh, that Mike would be asleep. Because yeah, it was awkward. I used to love bringing chicks on when I had roommates. Dude, I felt like such a fucking awesome dude. <laughs> I always loved with girls. Hey, this when is you... Sally, she's a stewardess. She's only in town for one night. <laughs> <laughs> Sally takes Never. off for Barbados in the morning. Don't you, sweetheart? All right. Well, we're gonna, go have, a, we're gonna, we're gonna go have a cocktail in my room. <laughs> I my the favorite one ever was. I told you guys about the British rapper that I used to hook up with. Like it was. Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. Yeah, and she was like, oh, yeah. And she came to Queens, and we got fucking blackout. And then uh, we went back to my apartment, and that's when I walked in, and Handsome Pete was in his Euro-cut underwear on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a six-pack and just a little banana and a little banana hammock. And and she, like, came in, and she was like, hi, 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 hi. Let's like, I'm circumcised, sweetheart. You won't like it. Now go have some toast and chat crackers. Take our first break, run off in our respective directions, and come back when uh, we have our friend Joe Liss is going to be on the air with us. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Joe DeRosa, Quarantine Third Mike. Without a Country is the podcast. The network is Gas Digital. Uh, check it out where you can catch Legion Skanks and everything, too. Uh, without a Country, Dan, of course. Is on billions every Sunday right now, which is pretty fucking sick ass. Sick ass, dude. Uh, Six and Jump, the podcast we do with Ari Shafir. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, we'll be right the fuck back. It's the quarantine tapes, but it's always the bonfire. We fucked again. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Lou. Who's <laughs> the DJ now, motherfuckers? <laughs> This is Comedy Central Radio. Dan, are you all good? I am fine. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bonfire. Comedy Central Radio, Sirius XM 95. I'm Dan Sutter. That's Big J. Okerson. Quarantine third Mike, Joe DeRosa. Whole crew hanging out. And our guest from the Tuesdays with Stories podcast and the Mindful Metal Jacket, Joe List. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Right. Thanks Big for crowd. having me. <laughs> Small crowd. Uh, Rosa and Jay are drinking beers because we were we were swapping drinking stories first hour. I also made a little pickleback. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, Joe, you are an alcoholic. Hey, maybe he is, like, maybe he isn't. Who's to say? I like Joe's. Like, uh, oh no, man, I, I don't even want to drink. And then we talk about it for an hour, and you're like, all right, let's fucking get into it. It's it's you got me all stoked. <laughs> Yeah, you got me all stoked up with those stories, dude. Joe, it's funny. Uh, Joe List, by the time uh, I was spending any kind of uh, time with you, like, like at the clubs and seeing you and uh, hanging out with you, I think you'd already stopped drinking. So I, there's some people I never really saw in that state, Soder included. I did see Soder, I guess. He's saying just from our time of friendship. I've seen him drunk before, but I also, my daughter was young. I used to leave kind of early, and everybody else was kind of rolling uh, and hanging out later anyway, so I missed a lot of it. In that regard, but Nate, obviously, I said, and Joe said that the, he said when he's gotten uh when you were drinking, you got hammered. You had that similar thing. Christine's got it too, where it's like a, a very definite corner is turned, in the night, <laughs> which I thought was such a hilarious way of describing it. It's so true. And uh, and uh, Christine was saying her friends and them called it uh, turning into the werewolf. And I said, Nate's that person too. It's like it, there's just one 
sip that he comes back from and it's like ah this is the new guy now (laughs) (laughs) yeah my uh my uncle dale who's soda's drank with my who's basically my age i always say my uncle and it sounds creepy because i'm like my uncle and i we fucked two chicks and uh drunk people like your uncle yeah so puerto so puerto rican of you (laughs) he's like three years older than me but we used to always laugh about like the next day would always be like dude you got like really unreasonable last night <laughs> like yeah i drank like a, a handle of rum you're like all of a sudden you got disagreeable man <laughs> yeah maybe it was the 10th shot <laughs> what's the what was the jet joe because you've got some you've got some real war stories i mean dude he's got one he's got days. like a legendary drink he went for yeah. it he was a hall of fame drinker what was the one that that tipped you because sometimes people go you know what my last night drink it wasn't even that bad i had two beers and i just got sad and i was like i'm done did you have like (laughs) did you have like a legendary like okay this is it i gotta (laughs) no i was one of those guys like my last night drinking was at helium in philly and i had like three beers and a whiskey it was kind of whatever but i was just sad for like a decade but yeah i mean like i shit in the girl's shoe I got herpes. I was a, va- I mean, I was a horrible vandal. Like I just vandalized every night. I would steal street signs and like the, the arms on parking garages. I would snap those off. I'd kick it windshields and really? mirrors. I, yeah, and I would, I would piss everywhere in public restrooms. I'd piss all over all the toilet paper Dude. and stuff. I remember you're, the night at the describing end. It, hold on. Joe's describing himself like a soccer hooligan. He's like, I would sing songs loudly. I would wear scarves in warm weather. <laughs> Old school Irish drunk. But, but I'm telling you what, I just find I find that interesting because where is that same thing? I said when Christine was would get obliterated, it was just like you're talking to a completely different person. Uh, do things, uh, say things that she doesn't. But there's some element of that in the person. Like you uh, are, what I would describe as mild mannered. I mean, overall, you know, I don't mean any kind of a bad way. I'm just saying, like, you're a pretty, like, uh, like you don't seem like, like a mellow guy. You're not the guy yelling something out on the street, like telling a story. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I, it's such a weird thing to hear, like, that, that wild side, like, ripping and breaking things. I'm like, what? Well, it just sounds have, so out of character. Well, I have a lot of anger. It's all just built up. I'm trying. But, yeah, I'm filled with rage. I mean... Dan's success, I just think, is appalling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, I do have, like, anger issues, and so I would drink and just lose my mind. I also, at that time, like, wasn't getting laid. I wasn't in a relationship, so I was angry about all those. And my career was shit. I had no money, so I had a lot more anger then. Do you remember the night we did this? Was I was going to say earlier um, that we did the um, – when Yannis used to have the show at Bar 4 in Brooklyn, and we did the Chris Laker Awards – Fuck yeah! And I remember we got real fucking tuned up before Dude, we went on stage, and then you went. I just remember you going on stage. It was a. Yeah. I'm not saying this to stoke you up, but it was a wall to wall bomb. You were shit faced, <laughs> and you were bombing so bad. And in the middle of it, you just go, "I got herpes this year." Oh, fuck you <laughs> to the audience. And it was, it was just a classic. <laughs> there was no part of me that was like, Joe's got a problem. I was just like, ah, sometimes you have one of those sets, man. You know? <laughs> no, I remember eating it so hard. I thought, because I won an award. It was like an award show. And I won an award yeah. for shitting in a girl's shoe, the Gentleman's Gentleman Award. And then I just gave a speech and it got zilch. It was such a bummer. And then I, that was like a big start in my relationship, though, because I came to the back of the room. And Sarah, we weren't dating at the time. She was like, I think it's great that you're open about having herpes. 
And I read that as like, oh, this chick's got herpes. Like, I should try to fuck her. And it turns out she was just like a nice person. Um, but yeah, no, I remember that. And that was the night. Um, who tried to pick someone? I tried to pick. Oh, dude, I remember. Was, it, I think. It was. I th- yeah, it was. Hey, what happened? It was. Uh, uh, Joe tried to pick Nate up on his shoulders. <laughs> later. For a second. Holy shit. And then they fell. They fell hard. Uh, I it was back for like three months. Am I? Is there something wrong with me that I that I desperately want to live in these times again? <laughs> I, you know, I was there that night, and I don't really remember it. If you see how much well, I was Joe, drinking. <laughs> Joe and I, Joe and I agree uh, to meet up in Astoria, and we were going to wear dress shirts with a tie tucked into jeans. That was going to be the thing we wore because we we're like, that's pretty crusty. We'll wear that to the Grizzly <laughs> Awards. We go to a bar called Gilby's in Astoria, and oh yeah. Dr- and drank a bunch before we went and then took a fucking 70 minute train ride to Brooklyn. And just, the second we got there, just started drinking and the sun was still up when we got there. And by the end of the night, I'm smoking a cigarette and inside I just see Nate get really tall. And then I just see it go sideways because I was out front smoking. And I go in and Joe List is holding his back and he's like, ah, ah. It was <laughs> But dude, Joe, Joe dropping the herpes bomb to give you more of an extra, like he was like, um, like you said, it was, it was a pretty good bomb. And then Joe had like a joke loaded and he was like, and I got a herpes and you saw which way he thought it was going to go and how it went. He was like, Whew. it was just <laughs> silence. Yeah. That was a, that was a wild, that was like, that was like climactic scene in the stand up movie <laughs> thing. Like I was like, woo. <laughs> yeah. oh, it was such a bummer too because it was all comics so like you really want to do like yeah. kill for comics and it was just like Dude, I remember the, the, the night we went to family values tour and nate got hammered there and i guess it was like a friday or something or a saturday and nate was covered in mud he had mud all over his like pants yeah. and shoes, bottom of his pants and shoes from like because he went into the mosh but he didn't get hit but he uh <laughs> mud all over his like pants and shoes and he decided we all left and we were all going home. And then the other car, it was like two cars or three cars of people. The other car uh, called our car and was like, Nate saying he wants to go to Dustin's show at Broadway Comedy Club and go on at, at the upstairs room or whatever he used to do, like a midnight show. And we were like, oh, dude, like, nah, man, let's just all, we all said we're going back to the neighborhood. This is when we, we all live near each other. And we're like, ah, we're going back to the neighborhood, man. Let's just all go back there. He's like, Nate wants to go to the, th-. so we just rush over there because it's going to be something chaotic. I mean, Nate, we know Nate's like out of his head. And he, yeah. when we get there, it's after a melee that has taken place because Nate went on stage obliterated. I don't know if he was saying anything or <laughs> being funny. Maybe he was. Maybe he was. There was some guy, his wife was like, yelling, I was just heckling him. And he, he said he was like, no idea what he was talking about. He said, and he just goes, hey, buddy, why is your girl such a cunt? <laughs> <laughs> And like it's just like Nate doesn't even curse on stage, let alone the one he drops is cunt. Like he's yeah. like, why is your chick a such a scene? cunt? She's such a cunt. And, oh, like, and the guy just like wanted the fight and had to be like escorted out of the place. And Nate was just like blindly not even knowing what was going on. I think he just kept trying to like ex- explain over the shoulder of the people throwing the guy out. <laughs> like that he doesn't even know what he meant. You know what I mean? He's like, no. What? Well, now I'm like, what's the problem? And where that happened at was, uh, well, at Broadway, 
there was a bar around the corner, uh, Barcelona bar, which DeRosa introduced us all to. The reason we went there was because of DeRosa. Oh, the, we, oh, the sweet Barcelona bar. Oh, my God. It warms my heart. Yeah, <laughs> Think about it. Jay, that was an Eagles bar. It was people that owned it were from Philly, and it was an Eagles oh. bar. Yeah, one of the guys is from one of the guys is from Chicago. One of the guys is a Bears fan. The other guys, uh, I went Eagles to that. Fan. I went to that bar one night ever uh, with the uh, with the comics. My dad was in town. My biological. Oh, damn, dad. I missed the Gary hang at Barcelona. I'm mad well, about that. Do, uh, we've had we've had Giannis on the show where he's talked about this. Yeah. Giannis is one of the people I remember being there. I don't remember everybody else who was there, but my dad. Uh, when we went to this place, we we went. He came with me to Broadway Comedy Club, and then everyone was like, "We're going to Barcelona." So we, I went over there with like the. It was, it was like Nate. Nate was definitely, yeah, uh, with us. I think he and it was like you know Giannis and him were buddies and everything. You know, so we went with the group over there with my dad to have a few drinks, dude. My dad was just getting drinks in him and started just telling like I mean some dirtbag stories from the seventies, dude. It was like a, it was like you guys, me, you guys ever ever fish bowl. Yeah, goes, what the fuck is that? He goes, it's where you take a bath and a lady pisses on it. you. Know, I'm telling you, he was said some weird thing. He was like, yeah, one time me and your Uncle Tommy double teamed a girl and uh, she was complaining it was cold in the house. We had no heat, so uh, we opened the oven and she put her head in front of the oven and we fucked. <laughs> it was like, okay. And like Everything was like, what's about like fucking a hooker when he was in the service over? It, just, like, it was these weird like, and no one knows my dad. Like at all, this is like his third time hanging out. He was just ripping through stories. Yeah, me and Uncle Tommy, that was out of Philly. <laughs> just tell isn't he also like a crazy one-upper? Like if somebody would tell a story, like he'd have something. No, no, no. You're thinking of that kid. That's one of my one of my favorite stories ever. I talk about Nate being involved. Was talking about a good drunk story. Yeah, that, that kid. Uh, this kid Kyle, who used to work for Lewis uh, on a street team. Okay. He, he was a wild one, and he, we just noticed the well, thing. Hold on, because whenever you bring up Lewis, whenever you bring up, whenever you bring up Lewis's street team, I always think of Murphy Brown's secretaries. Like <laughs> how many the rotating people have like, like how many people dead. you've met that you've been like, oh yeah, you like some are on dead, Lewis's dude. Street some, team. Some of them are dead, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, Lewis's uh, street team. That's crazy. Yeah. Where the fuck was I in saying that? I'm sorry. I. uh Kyle one-upper. Yeah, yeah the one-upping with Nate. Yeah, so, yeah, it's one of the best, dude. I'll tell it real quick, as, as quick as possible, if you don't know it, Joe. This kid, Kyle, we found out that if you get him, like, drunk when he gets drinks in him, if you tell some kind of story, his personality is just a one-up. So he would just make up a clear lie to be more. So if you were like, yeah, I got in a fight with two guys, and I uh, and I was able to get out of there without getting hurt. He tells you about fighting three guys and winning and beating all three. And it was it was without fail, and he wasn't doing it to be funny. And we all went to that nice guy Eddie's. Remember that place with the kiss guys used to be on yeah. the thing right there? Because Lewis, after Lewis shows, he would go, the best wings in New York City. <laughs> they were they were not. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But we we go to this place because it was like cheap beers and stuff, and uh they had guitar hero. But uh we take him there and we're just we're bullshitting with him. And there it's like loud music, but everyone's telling a fucking story like it's crazy. So I told a story. I made up some story about fighting off uh, like 10 guys at a bachelor party when I used to drive the girls. I was like, yeah, I had to fight off. I, you know, I didn't like knock yeah. a bunch of them out, but, they, you know, I got out of there and everyone was safe and I was able to hold my whatever. And then he said he fought like it was like 15, 17 guys at a 
I mean, he really had like a down by the docks, like a fucking movie, like like they released doves and he was like spinning in a circle. Like, Come on. He goes, he goes now follow me into this story. Rain is falling. <laughs> we follow one drop down to the street. It splashes. There's me. I'm in a long leather duster. Everybody, we, we start realizing that you can go further with your story being a lie, and he'll still we want to see how far he'll go to tops. Someone's like, I had a five, so he said he had a seven, so. And he's not doing it in like a fucking better. He's doing it like, uh, oh, dude, dude. He's like, I also got a story like that, too. And he just tells his a little bit better than yours. And then Nate was just going like a, it was almost like like a movie. Like, I'm here, Huckleberry. Like, I'm here, Huckleberry. Nate was quiet the whole time. And Nate just goes up and he goes, uh, I killed a guy once. <laughs> and he goes, Everyone was like, what? And he was like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I mean, I think I did. He was like, I think I did. Uh, he's like, I was bow. I was shooting a bow and arrow out in the woods, and I didn't see a guy, and it shot through him, and he was uh, yelling for help, but I got scared, so I just left. I, I think he died. And then, uh, and then that guy, this is the best thing ever in my life to do an impression of. I'll tell the people listening at home. I'm going to sip a beer before I say this because what the guy did. He goes, yeah, and I'm pretty sure the guy died and I killed him. And that guy goes, dude, I got to take a piss. He's like, but hold that thought. I killed a guy too. He's like, dude, hold that thought. I gotta go take a piss. I killed a guy too, though. Don't. <laughs> I like the idea that he's gonna go to the bathroom and write something. He's like, I gotta put something together for this. <laughs> I can't just leave. He goes, that was that was such good improv that Nate did. He's like, how am I gonna top that? Or <laughs> he's just pissing and he's thinking about it and he goes, revenge. No, 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 no. That's too easy. Too easy. No, no, no. You'd be expecting manslaughter. It's gotta be anonymous. It's gotta be anonymous. Maybe a chance meeting. He goes, now, the real question is, with the hands or with a weapon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, I think what it was, I think he ended up coming out and telling us that he killed a Yakuza member, and he found out because oh, he saw the news in the Village Voice. The Village Voice! <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I would love to know where that guy is. Best, uh, best beatnik poetry <laughs> show to go to. And uh, Yakuza members that died this week. <laughs> a rundown of the Bowery, Bowery Poetry Club schedule. And, uh, and uh, the happenings that are going on in the lifestyle section. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, uh, Richard. A Dan oh, Savage, a Dan Savage article, and a phone number to call a tranny. It's not going to look like that when she shows up. <laughs> Rufus Wainwright returns to the bitter end. Yakuza <laughs> member was found decapitated in the sewer grate. No, no Yakuza member dead <laughs> because goes, of badass. Yeah, he goes. No clues. No clues in the murder as the person who pulled it off must have been an assassin. <laughs> so fucking funny. That's so funny. I mean, there's people. One of my favorite drinking stories was with uh, Joe List when we did Nate. Joe List and I did um, his Uncle Dale's uh, firefighter benefit, and so it's basically what it is: is it's a comedy show, and then just a bunch of Massachusetts dudes getting fucking hammered. And so Nate and I were doing it, and and Joe went with the flock and turned against me because I was like, I go, uh, oh yeah, you guys are all Boston Bruins fans. I'm from Colorado, you know, but Avalanche. Uh, Ray Bork got got one in 2001 and List is hammered and he goes we were talking about it's a different personality and he goes Ray Bork got two 
And I go, no, he didn't. He got one in one in Colorado. And then for some reason, everyone in the bar that was from Boston just took Joe's side because I was an outsider. And they're like, nah, he got two. I'm like, how do you guys not know this? Ray Bork got one Stanley Cup, and that's it. And they're like, nah, 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 nah. nah. It was just a whole night of me being stuck against a wall of people from Boston. And I was like, I just got to go outside. And Nate was like, I don't know, buddy. Just go take a walk. <laughs> that's just what Nate said. <laughs> go walk it off. Dude, didn't Joe List? Didn't it? Your didn't Lewis stay at your parents' house and drunkenly oh, walk I, in? Did he walk into their bedroom? <laughs> yeah, no, it was amazing. So, I mean, I got a couple of stories about that night with Nate too. But so, oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Was that about the night that we all hung out in Rhode Island? Was that the weekend? It was. The, it was the, yeah, that was that, was that weekend. weekend. No. Oh, oh, the one from the, the firefighter show was that weekend. Yeah. Yeah, the firefighter show because Jay and Dave were at uh, Catch a Rising Star in Providence and met up with us for that second show. And then we all. Comedy, connect, comedy connection. Comedy connection. Yeah. And we all and we all met up at a strip club that Corey said uh, that he brought us to. Yeah. 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 But that week, that best part of the that firehouse show was we were all drinking at my uncle's house and we were like, all right, we got to head to the gig. And you and Nate were like, oh, we still have beers that were not finished. And both my parents go. So do we. Yeah. <laughs> the car was like rum and cokes and beers, and you guys are like, "What the fuck?" We're like, "We're going to a firefighters and cops. We're good." Yeah. Everyone just drove with open containers. It was wild. My family fucking it, yeah. It was a fucking people would drink at that thing. That whole entire weekend was drinking. But uh, dude, the Lewis story is one of my favorite drinking. Were you, were you there for that, Dan? No, but it's one of my favorite stories, regardless. That one, I, I had just, I had appendicitis. I had my appendix taken out in New York and I just went home to recover in at my parents' house in Whitman, Mass. And so I was on like pain pills and boozing. And then like, I don't know if it was social media or something, Nate texted and was like, hey, I'm at Stonehill, I'm at Bridgewater State College. And I was like, dude, that's like a mile from my parents' house. Like you're down the street right now. And they were like, what? So they came over to my house. But the crazy part was my parents had gone to bed. They were like, all right, good night, Joe. And I'm like sick. My back hurts, whatever. I just had surgery. So they go to bed. Nate and Lewis show up at my house. We're sitting in the back porch, just boozing it up. I got pain pills. So Lewis is eating those like, you know, cereal. We're all banged up. And then Lewis is like, where's the bathroom? And I'm like, first door on the right. And somehow he goes to the second door on the right, opens the door. And it's pitch black, so he's got his hand and he's just sliding it around the wall <laughs> looking for a light. Yeah. And my dad springs up out of bed. It's like in the morning, and he's like, "Can I help you?" And Lewis is like, "I'm looking for the bathroom." <laughs> but like, my dad, the last my dad had seen was just me with like an ice pack, like filled out, being like, "Good night, pop." And now there's just like a 200 pound whatever. Yeah. And that, 20 pound Puerto Rican in his bedroom. And that voice in the dark, too. I'm looking for a bathroom. Give me your wife. If you were, if you were to be like, what, who do you think a home intruder looks like? And you just, just describe Lewis I mean, under the scar. That's really funny, man. The best part of the, um, the firehouse show that I loved was we brought our own beer. We're just drinking like PBRs, and the guy got pissed. It's like a VFW. And the guy's like, you can't bring outside beers. And he was like yelling at us. And then Dan and I did the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, the raffle. And because it's like yeah. Boston firefighters, one of the raffle prizes was like a 30 of Bush, a, a 30 rack of Bush. <laughs> yeah. So one of us won them. We just started cracking them up and drinking them. And at the end of the night, after the guy had scolded us, we thought we were helping. So we took all the empties and just started putting them on the bar. Like, yeah. <laughs> empties, and the guy was like, 
what the fuck is this? <laughs> He's like, we're going to lose our liquor license. And we sincerely were like, we're helping you clean up, bro. Yeah, dude. We thought we'd hang out. <laughs> Fucking clean the place up a little bit. That was great. Hilarious. No, it was fun. Those, those, telling those stories is like, I would love to get hammered, but I know for me where it leads, it's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, remember we did the VFW where they made the cakes for us, right? I, I brought oh you to open God. for me, and they oh made the cakes for God. us with our faces on them. <laughs> they made... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that, oh was my a God. Night, that was a night drinking where sometimes when you wake up and, yeah, from drinking, Joe List had my favorite line about it ever that he said to me in real life where he goes, when he was telling me about when he shit in the girl's shoe, you know, he's like, I woke up in this apartment and I didn't know where I was for three minutes. And I was like, yeah, that's crazy. And he goes, for three minutes do you know how long that is to not know where you are yeah just to wake up and be like oh fuck oh fuck but we were i was drinking with the rose i was opening for him in pennsylvania near his parents house and we did the gig and then went and drank at his buddy's house and i woke up in his buddy's basement as confused i woke up for a good minute we and I'm fucked like, again don't worry i knew it's such a nice town home i was like i don't know anybody that's got this nice of a town other than look and then DeRosa came downstairs i was like oh shit we were drinking then but yeah we did this one nighter where they made cakes with our faces on it yeah they put our pictures on the cakes and i remember i was so mad because dan had a really good set and i bombed horrifically at this fucking vfw and remember during my set i go what do you guys do out here for fun and the one guy goes burn crosses we're like yeah. all right well, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, that's dude. If you flying's crazy, we're gonna take a break. Hanging out with Joe List from Tuesdays with Stories and Mindful Metal Jacket. It's the bonfire. Comedy Central. Joe Sirius XM ninety five is the quarantine tapes. Big Jokerson, Dan Soder, of course, quarantine third Mike Joe DeRozan hanging out with us from Mindful Mental Jacket, and of course Tuesdays with Stories is Joe List. I did a couple of weird roadies with the Rose when we were young. We did a, a Clayton Fletcher bowling alley gig in the Dude. middle of somewhere, Pennsylvania, I want to say. That was the uh, night of the New York blackout. It was the night of New York blackout. So we lucked out by being away from the blackout. However, uh, we ended up staying in someone's basement very uncomfortably, whatever mm. it was. I wish I yeah. drank more on a night like you that. You think about all the uncomfortable places you've slept in comedy. Just being like, oh my god, dude! The worst for me, the most uncomfortable I've slept ever, because the size of the place, where it is, and what's going on around you, is for a while they had the comics stay in an apartment above a warehouse, right across the parking lot from Chilkoot Charlie's in Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, it was god. such a, it was such a big apartment. It was like too big and nice. And you just felt yeah, same thing I think with that Marco Island gig. I told you it's the the the, the apartment. It's too nice and big. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know where I'm at at all. And it's just, there's a lot of room for somebody to be in here without me knowing. <laughs> yeah, dude, I yeah. check I check every room when I stay in places like that. When I come home at yeah. night, I, I I much prefer like. Uh, well, last time I was in D.C., actually, they gave me like what they call a suite at that fucking shitty motel or hotel they put you up at now. But it was like uh it all it just had was like an extra sitting room and i'm like i gotta be honest like i'd rather just have the smaller and i've changed to like a smaller room i'm like i'd rather just see the whole entire room you know what i mean if it's, right, if, it's sure. if the extra area is something i don't give a fuck about anyway i'm like i'd rather just be able to, to know my whole surrounding jay that one at chilkoots too um if you remember the stairwell leading up to the apartment literally looks like 
a stairwell you would be in if you were going up to where Jeff Goldblum has constructed his telepods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really it's, industrial. It was just so industrial. Yeah, it was so loud. Yeah, it was really you, loud. You'd walk up that at night by yourself, and then you'd get up in that, and it was all cold because it was Alaska. <laughs> it was like, oh, that 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 place freaked me out, man. Oh my but, god! But it, but it was better than and the, and the one time I did Alaska where I stayed at a hotel was simply because when I walked in, because they were like, well, wait, we don't have that place above the warehouse anymore. Now we put the comics in the band house. They have a house across the street, and when you walk in, dude, I'm telling you, there was parts of the floor. This is just like fucking bands that come through, like stay there. They don't give a fuck. They party in it. Yeah. I'm going there and it was like, dude, it was like cot beds and like a hole in the floor that you can see the earth underneath of it. And I was like, guys, I hate to be this bitchy, but like you're going to have to put me in a hotel. I, there's no way. There's no fucking way I could stay here. I'll be creeped out, man. That's like, <laughs> the only haunted place I ever stayed was when I tell you, they, they gave us like a weird, like freaky house when I did Louisville, Kentucky. The comedy comedy cabana that's it comedy yeah. caravan caravan yeah i did a gig in montana with uh, when i was open for DePaulo in great falls montana and the guy was just like a huge fan of nick so it was like a theater and you know it's it's great falls so nick sold like you know 300 tickets in like a 2000 seat palace <laughs> the guy just thought nick was like the greatest well you know he's obviously like one of the great comics but he picked Nick up in a limo. It was like a stretch limo. So Nick was like, absolutely not. And the guy was like, so heartbroken. He's like, what do you mean? We got you a limo. And Nick's like, I cannot go to this gig in a limo. Dude, There's no way. And the guy was like, what? And he's like, just pick, just drive me in your truck. I just can't, I can't do it. And you can see the guy, the, the driver was like, Oh, and the driver's suit was like too big for him. He like put his head down, like got in the limo, and uh, the guy was just like, "Oh, man, sorry, I just thought." And he's like, "No, no, no, it's fine." So we drove in like a Ford Taurus to the hotel, but Nick's like, "You can't just get out of a limo to like a fifth sold theater." Yeah, dude, <laughs> there's nothing worse than when people like when people overdo the details like early in your career on stuff like that. That you're like, man. Maybe we should have put all this oomph into promoting the show or, 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 or just anything because like I've had that before too. They pick you up in like a, a like a fucking beautiful SUV like type limo. One of them I did the Trocadero. That's where Bert did his uh oh it's where you did your special too, Dave. That's where I did my special. Yeah. Trocadero, yeah. Um the Trocadero. I did that for the guy who used to run Rascals, thought I'd be able to put some asses in there. And I mean when I tell you there was under 70 people yeah. at, a, at an eleven hundred seat theater, right? uh under 70 people it was off and then he had us like then limoed over to like the after party at some oh, club dude and, like, oh, the thing, and the thing is like of the 70 people like 10 were people i invited to come but i thought they were going to see like in front of it, it, it humiliating but everything was like so first like, we had like bottles at the after party thing it's like what it was that kid jason pollock who's a sweetheart his heart was in the right place but you're like dude this is a failure of a night all the way across the board yeah you're putting you're putting ribbons on a piece of shit you're like oh look how nice this <laughs> oh, is do you know who one of the people in the audience was i invited my ex-girlfriend from right after high school not her 
But her sister, who I knew would trickle word back to her that you shouldn't have broke up with me, bitch, was looking at this guy's at performing uh, for an empty theater. Sweet Jay. <laughs> they didn't even come to the after party. Oh, my sweet boy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Dude, there's nothing, there's nothing worse. Did you, did you see boy. her when you were did you see her when you were on stage? The entire time, dude. I saw oh. all 70 people. Oh, man. <laughs> There's nothing worse than eating shit in front of someone that you knew before comedy. <laughs> Damn, dude. Eating shit, but then also eating shit in front of nobody. Oh, man. I ate shit the first time I headlined Comedy Works in Denver. I did the South Club, and they had me on a Thursday, and I had like maybe two months under my belt of quitting drinking. And it was everyone I knew growing up was in the room, and I fucking ate it. I just didn't do well. I was like, um, I was talking like peanut butter mouth, like, ah, oh, you guys know. Oh my god! Here's what blows. Here's what blows by that situation. I think this is to be very, very true. By the time you have your people who like you stayed in touch with loosely, even like over the years, that like you know they're when they come through now, they're excited, and you, and you want to show them and and let them be excited for you. That's great. But what's funny is. It never happens, but maybe it does now with like YouTube and everything, but it never happens fast enough in the time where my first decade in comedy, I can still tell you the names of the 20 people from my hometown that I wanted to see me like killing in front of a sold out crowd and stuff like that. And like, and the thing is like when some of them would come out, it wouldn't be a sold out crowd. I may have like an okay set. There's a bunch of things that could, or I'm opening for somebody, but it's like, yeah. it's not my thing. You know what I mean? Right. By the time you want to show them and you have the ability to show them like, look, shows are sold out i've done something here pretty awesome you know like you guys are probably pretty excited to know me right now by the time you get to that point those people are like yeah i knew that guy in high school we weren't like friends like they wouldn't even call you friends anymore in this circle it's like yeah because it all becomes so relative you know what i mean they were really your friends for two three years of your life do you know what i mean yeah These people you wanted to prove your point to and then by the time you're like yeah i didn't really know him that well that's that's cool i guess he does comedy <laughs> the time you want to rub it in their face like they'd come and they go yeah it's pretty much what i figured 15 people on a friday night <laughs> yeah but i think the thing he, he's he was he's he was funny in high school so he's like he's fine i guess it's not that I, impressive i think the drive behind that like when you first feel that when you're young and you get into comedy and you're like i want all these people to see me fucking rip it that's the thing that pushes you through those moments when you're walking in a weird hallway and you're like, it smells like uh, stale Marlboro Lights. And they're like, yeah, you sleep in the hallway tonight. And you're like, excuse me? <laughs> you sleep in the hallway. And you're like, okay, that's great. I, just, I, I think it's that, like, thinking of when you're young and you're like, I'm going to fucking be something that gets you through that. Because if you were kind of like, yeah. expectations, you'd be like, this is very uncomfortable. By the way, it works out for the best for those people, too, because all even now, when they do pop up, 20 years later and they say something like oh, do you remember like i went to high school with you or whatever like you were so funny and i thought and you're, now <laughs> your answer is always some sort of version of like yeah that's cool or whatever i uh doesn't even really matter I was, I was in a movie too but that's stupid so whatever i mean yeah. <laughs> i mean i movies all the time it's so dumb yeah movie shrinkies <laughs> or whatever you, it's, it's, it's a long process it's, it's actually pretty boring yeah. oh dude i brought a girl with me one time to a gig i did somewhere in reading pa and uh it, it was like a bar and i they i was spending the night they said they had a condo upstairs from the bar and i was like well whatever i have this girl i want to like uh hook up with this chick it'll be good i ate shit in a hillbilly bar <laughs> and then uh drank enough that they had a karaoke night going and i thought it would be funny 
to this girl to sing uh, If You Leave Me Now by Chicago. Uh, I thought it'd be funny to her, not realizing that I'm at a, a honky-tonk bar that's taking this karaoke pretty seriously. So just to bring the mood down and me not nailing, no, baby, please don't go. <laughs> I, ate, I ate shit at the comedy show, then I ate shit at karaoke and brought this girl. And I mean, we fucked on what I can only describe as a military cot in a heatless like room that was like it wasn't even painted it was just the drywall structure it was so like scuzzy and you're just like <laughs> and it was at the time you were just like that's the gig man it's why i always say i love that video the actual reason i've watched so many times the uh denny you know it's like yeah denny's what the fuck is up denny's you know that yeah. show list the clip of the kids yeah. it's like a it looks like a hispanic like metal band and their playoff christine bring it up when she comes back it's only 20 seconds but uh, and I think you'll see what I mean. And Joe, I've showed it to you before. It's I've seen these, it many times. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it. the, it's this Mexican metal band, and they're playing a gig. And uh, yeah, it was they, a, have a, they have a they have a big mosh pit. Christine, bring up the the what the fucks up, Denny's. <laughs> they um people are moshing, and it's not a lot of people. It's like you know, let's say somewhere between twenty and thirty people. And when the kid grabs on the microphone, he goes, "What's up? What's up? What the fuck is up, Denny's?" And it's he's playing. They're performing at Denny's like after hours or something. You know, at midnight. Yeah, dude. And, Shane brought Shane brought it into our lives, and it has yeah. affected my life greatly because it's, it's something. It's a good mantra. I call Shane, it. I call it. I call. I call it one of the most like heartwarming videos to me because it just hits a nerve with me that I'm like, man. I remember when you would invite people to a show that you know was only going to be ten people showing up to, but you're like, I'm doing my thing. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. it was. You would never be like. When me and Joe went and performed that bowling alley, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, we're going to go perform at a bowling alley, I guess. We're like, we got a show, dude, in this yeah. city. It's at a bowling alley in a back room. They have it set up for comedy. It's Everything was, like, uh, like optimistic. That's literally the same thing I said. To, not literally, but, you know, basically the same thing I said to Shane when he showed me that video. I was like, I was like, I love these guys. I love that this kid is this into it. There was a time when this was this exciting to you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this was this exciting. Yeah. There was a weekend that Shane Shane opened for me at Feel, uh, Helium in Philly, and he would start every show with that. <laughs> He'd just That's go out great. and go, "What's up? What's up? What the fuck is up, Denny's?" Oh, I've done that on stage. I don't even say day. I'll say the city sometimes. I plug it in. <laughs> like that old David Spade joke I used to love when you get annoyed at a concert when you sell the Eagles in uh, in Phoenix and he's like on a dark Arizona highway like, yeah, that's right. he's like, cool tempy breeze in my hair he's like it's the us man he goes, he goes, warm smell of Sun Devil Stadium he's like all right <laughs> <laughs> dude it's fun showing people take the hit now like I showed Katie it she, yeah, it was like it's it's such a fucking good special that you forget about it. Oh, I love that special. I love that special. But, awesome. but that what the fuck what uh, what the fuck is up, Denny's? It really do, do you do you know what I mean by that list where it's just like a time when you give a flyer, like those kids were flyering hard for that crowd and not being like, hey guys, look, it's a Denny's, but it's gonna be. They're like, dude. Denny's midnight is gonna be the fucking <laughs> sickest show you've ever been yeah. to, and you're like, wow, that's and fucking so awesome. 
They're killing too. I mean, the place is going ape shit. Yeah. Going nuts. Imagine trying to wait tables through that. You get like oh. some eggs. You're, like, <laughs> <laughs> You're just doing the Ace Ventura when he goes into the Cannibal Corpse show. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's so funny. You're like, dude, fourteen wants a refill on coffee, and you go, the last two pots broke. Me trying to get through that mosh pit. <laughs> Because I'm in the weeds. I got an appetizer, uh, appetizer platter that I'm trying to bring out here. What I don't understand is like what local Denny's is like. We're gonna throw a punk show here, and that's fine. <laughs> a fucking a Denny's that goes against yeah. corporate structure. My Denny's was a spot, but it would not let us have punk shows in it. In a town, in a town of, uh, in a town of whatever the opposite of Footloose was. Yeah. That's yeah, where that happens. The manager it could goes, be my hometown, and I can't imagine that happening there. Yeah. What'd you say, Joe? The manager goes, Carol, 14 hasn't got their Mozzie sticks. What the fuck's going on? You go, I'll tell you what's going on. I'm rocking balls in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say what's going on, man. A fucking pit like you have never seen. <laughs> of course, we're going to be backed up. That moon's over Miami. Can't get to 72 because these guys are fucking bringing it. Yeah. <laughs> I also imagine whoever approved that was not aware of what kind of band it was going to be. Yeah, they're like, oh, is it like a Tony Bennett cover band? <laughs> Dude, the, the, to break this video down, there's so much funny. There's so, so many people who don't seem like they're into it at all, and then people who couldn't be more into a thing. Oh, dude! It, but what's funny is the act. The, it looks like the max age in the room is seventeen. Oh yeah, but but I mean the guitar player, dude. They are in. They are selling yeah. it with nobody there. This is is uh well you know it's funny this is less brave than improv the good thing about music is you can just kind of wail it and go and and hope yeah. people i miss uh, those we used, to, we used to have a place like that called getronics it was on crenshaw and it was just one of those spots where this there was no stage it was like the band played on the floor and it was like some of the most into it young people i've ever seen yeah. and it was like that type of scene and I, I like i i miss those like small tiny shows sometimes there is like I a miss, how much, about how, much how much cum did you milk out of that crowd you oh, fucking boy. jizz farmer oh, uh, you want to yell something out now <laughs> <laughs> i miss the fire you had at that age like i remember being 17 and i had a hardcore band and we did a show at a place called boot and saddle in philadelphia and nobody showed up except my parents <laughs> and my uh friend scott's mom <laughs> there were three people in the sh in the crowd and everybody was like let's not do the show and i was like no fuck that we're doing the show and i remember committing 110 percent to hardcore music in front of my parents and my friends <laughs> the deacon? ever like now i could go into a room full of strangers and i'm like eh, i don't like their attitude i don't feel like doing this <laughs> no. the thought of 17 year old joe de rosa the thought of 17 year old joe de rosa being like oh, i see my future is dark with death and then the guy's just washing out a glass by himself just the bartender <laughs> with like fucking three people in the room and he's like this kid's got a lot of anger. He's like, oh, yeah, ready for that. <laughs> it is funny as you are through this, too. I wouldn't be afraid to go up in, like, the shittiest of comedy situations. Like, fear would never be the word. But, like, there was a time when you would, like, exactly, you're like, no, I'm going up in the shittiest situation because, like, this is when I get up and I'm going to mm -hmm. do it. And there is. I mean, I've been a part of many shows uh over the last like decade where as you're there you're like they could call this right now or tell me that they're going to shorten the show and need to bump <laughs> exactly. me off and i'd be like that's cool man i'll just yeah. roll thank you thanks for exactly. considering me like, yeah. Yeah, I don't, it's like i don't need to go and see how i can do here or uh, wonder <laughs> how it would go or it's like I, I it's i i could walk dude this is it's not going to be 
There's been a couple where you're like, sometimes you have the mood to do it, but I mean, for the most part, I'm saying like, if you just came like, especially if you had a good set somewhere before and that's somewhere you're going at the end, they go, yeah, the, the crowd's just turned. It's gone full blown. Everyone's native out there. It's gone nuts. You're like, yeah, let's just, let's just wrap this thing up. You get to a point where you're like, I've run this obstacle course. I've already beat my own time on it. I don't need to do this again. I don't need to run this, you know, the tires, you know what I mean? That's just what it starts to feel like sometimes. Buddy, when we, when I when I got intervened, thank God, in that thing with William Stevenson, uh, God rest his soul, uh, at the comic strip, and then like uh, they, we got the guy or they got the guy to say out of the club uh, that was making the problem that it got so fucking crazy. But I mean, there was almost a fist fight on stage. There, it did get physical on stage ultimately, and then uh, physically the guy was sort of removed and all kinds of crazy shit talk and people getting up and commotion. Yeah, and then uh, I got off stage. And I was like, so that's the end of the show in my mind. You know what I mean? And then William Stevenson goes, all right, now that that's over, you're ready for your final comedian. And I was like, dude, 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 I'm in the back room. I'm like, wait, I'm like, dude, I'm going to go on stage now. And the crowd was so good. By the way, the whole crowd was disrespectful. It only just got into a thing with one guy, but the whole crowd was hating the whole show already. So it's funny to, to intervene and then going back up there. Strip? Yeah, you remember this? Christine, you were there. Yeah, I was think joking. Like the audience was hating the show at the strip. Dude, they were hating the show. So then he brings me on. He just calls my name, and I just arbitrarily. I'm like, I guess I got to go up now. And I went there and just talked for 15 minutes to people who hated me. They didn't see me as the guy who came in and helped William. Like I helped the guy they hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't you let that young man beat him up? So William <laughs> called the girl a cunt, and then the guy went to go hit him on stage, and Jay like basically stopped William from getting hit. But the audience was on the guy's side, not William's. <laughs> that was the night he was shooting his William before Stevenson special. <laughs> the thought that the crowd is on board to fuck up the entire lineup is just <laughs> really funny. That they're just like, no, nah, man, fuck it up, fuck all these guys. They're a unit. It, Dude, that show all... that show's audience i'm not exaggerating was one group of uh like 35 puerto rican people another group of 25 puerto rican people are both celebrating something and like this couple yeah i mean so it's like so the whole other people the, the puerto ricans all hated everything that was happening anyway but when this white couple <clears throat> actually were hammered and stirred the shit up they were like all for it going you know what i mean like none of them were like rooting for they were like this the, the, yeah more chaos like dude, fuck, these, was, fuck these comics fuck this host and yeah now someone's gonna hit him even it's not even us that has to go to jail to tie it all together i remember when we would go to barcelona bar at broadway comedy club this guy aaron haberhead shows called the world and he would oh, do like yeah he would do like three a night he would do three a night every night on weekends you do like five a night and it was a great way to get spots when, when we weren't getting spots in the city yeah. so like nate list norman me Every, a lot of people, Giannis, there's a lot of people that did spots of the world, but the crowd... It was, it was right next to New York Comedy Club, right? Or was, uh, yeah, Broadway, 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 Broadway. And it was like in yeah. that uh, area. Yeah. Um, that's how I met Pauly, our buddy who has mm -hmm. Pauly's Deli in, in LA. He was the bartender in that thing, and I used to come in just steaming drunk because we'd go to Barcelona Bar in between shows, and we'd all meet up there and get fucked up. But those audiences consistently hated you. <laughs> from the second you started oh yeah Man, dan i forgot those shows existed until you just said that like with by the way was this the barcelona story you started about 45 minutes ago yeah. you started a barcelona story a while back and it yeah. never finished. yeah but that was i it. forgot about the world i forgot about those aaron haber shows man
but I remember, yeah, that the story was, I remember getting so drunk that I didn't remember doing a spot and I woke up the next day and they're like, dude, that this joke on the midnight. And I would have killed to have the recordings of those because of how drunk we got. I mean, list you, was like, you, you, that's you, where we all used. You, you did well when you were obliterated. There's I, or no, or you don't even remember. I don't remember. The guy was like that. The thing you said was, he was like, fuck that crowd. This thing you said was funny. And I was like, what are you talking about? I remember being mad at him. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's mine. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's not a, th that, it was Corey. I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't <laughs> go up last night. And Corey was like, no, you did, dude. You're on the midnight show. And I was like, oh boy. He's like, you did a, a, a great bit. It was a seven minute thing about dentists uh, <laughs> and the Nova King. You're like, I think that's a Cosby bit. All right. Dude, thank you. Cosby? <laughs> uh, but list, do you remember? I mean, dude, that bar, I remember being at when you won last, when you moved forward in last comic standing. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, Barcelona bar was like the bar I was at the most. But remember, they had, uh, there was one night where they had the Golden Girl shot because they had theme yeah. shots, like a full metal jacket that put a helmet on you and call you a faggot and make you do push ups and stuff. Yeah. And then there was like wizard shit. But there was one that was a Golden Girls and there was no costumes or characters. They just played the Golden Girls theme. Right. And I just would love the theme. And I wanted to be like, oh, thank you for being a friend. So I had like 12 of them. And finally, I ordered another one. The guy's like, dude, I can just play the song for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that'd be awesome, man. He's like, stop and killing yourself. Night, <laughs> that was the night I threw up in the sink. It was down to like two of I think it was you and me, Dan. And I went in the bathroom and threw up in the sink. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't yeah. think to throw up in the toilet. And I came out and to like get ahead of it, I was like, some fucking asshole threw up in the sink. But it was just us two and the bartender. And the bartender had just used the bathroom. So he's like, that was definitely you. You're the only guy here. <laughs> what a great way to come out of something. And you're like, you guys aren't going to believe this shit all over the floor. And he's like, I just cleaned the bathroom. You're like, yeah. It seems genius to me. I'm so bad at being so I'm so bad at being I'm so bad at being social and stuff that again, I never was like hung in there late on those either. But I know another like where you'd hear the embarrassing stories where the holiday parties for the different comedy clubs the Ca carolines used to get people fucking like, 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 like everything there every every carolines christmas party there'd be like a problem in a bathroom of like someone's unconscious and might need a fucking stretcher or something like that happened, that happened a lot Attell would show up at those Caroline's parties like uh like fucking Daddy Warbucks. Attell like, just showed up and it was like everybody started doing shots on his dime and oh but dude list do you uh, yeah oh yeah so this is the Barcelona bar menu if you remember on the they had the chalkboard with all the shots listed on it yeah and there were two there were two um uh columns of shots for the theme shots one of them was these are ones where we just play music and nothing happens like golden girls it was like for <laughs> yeah. you a shot of gold slogger we play the golden girls theme. the other one they were like seven dollar shots and it was like no this oh. is where we put on some kind of theatrical show from behind the bar <laughs> The most elaborate of which was the Harry Potter, where yeah. they would pour stuff on the bar and light it on fire in wizard hats and go Expectorum Patrona or whatever. And the night Geraldo died, I remember we went to the bar, uh, to Barcelona bar, and they had a Geraldo shot on, or they had a Geraldo rest in peace thing on the dry erase board. And we ordered the Harry Potter shot. And the bartender goes, we're not doing it. We don't feel like doing it because they'd be shitty about that one sometimes because it was so elaborate. Yeah. 
And I remember me yeah. and Joanne Grigioni and Ann Harris got in a huge fight with them. We we're like, our fucking friend is on your fucking dry ranch. Do the fucking Harry Potter chat. And they like, <laughs> did it for us, like very begrudgingly. <laughs> Dude, one of my favorite one of my favorite moments was we go back and forth to Barcelona Bar in the world. So you like do a show at Barcelona Bar and then mm-hmm. you, know, you do a show at the world. And you, you know, I, it would it, Nate and Joe or the Rosa people would just be at Barcelona Bar and you just go and drink in between these shows. So dude, I did a show at the world and I'm walking up Eighth uh, Avenue to Barcelona Bar and there's this uh, tall, skinny black teenager in all red and like a red Yankees hat. And he's on the outside of the window looking in and he goes, they're doing a Harry Potter shot inside the bar. And he goes, yo, this motherfucker, no magic. That's what he said as I'm walking up, talking to the bar. Dude, it was one of my favorite things. I honestly laughed my ass off. I was like, there's no. And then I, I came in the bar and saw because you turn the corner. It's like a glass. And I was like, oh, they are doing a Harry Potter shot. And they're like, yeah. By the way, they were the most disgusting shots that looked like they were going to be delicious. Like the Rocky shot was a red, white and blue shot which looked yeah. like a rocket pop. So you'd think this is going to taste like lemon, <laughs> uh, cherries, and blueberries. And it was like, no, the red is cinnamon, the white is more cinnamon, and the blue is some sort of God knows what. The blue <laughs> drink. <laughs> they were the most disgusting. Every shot base was like rumple mints. It was disgusting, man. I mean, the Golden Girls was Goldschlager, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was just Schlager, and they would play the Golden Girls song, and you paid an extra two dollars for that. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, uh, the only after like comedy club bar that I hung at with no regularity, but like went to a few times that was pretty cool. I, I almost wish I had more of like a hang in that place. Was the Bag It In that was downstairs? Oh yeah, comedy club. The Bag It In had good like hang spaces. Absolutely. I liked that there'd be like live music stuff kind of element there. And it wasn't like uh it was like rock music. It wasn't always like uh some cornball like West Village shit. That was under Absolutely. the Boston? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that place was great. List, did you ever hang at the Baggett? Were you Yeah, I got I got tuned up there a few times with soda. <laughs> we watched the national championship there. Yeah, we watched a couple national championships there, but I remember my favorite moment was when uh I've told the story on several podcasts, but it's still my favorite jealous moment. We did this like uh I would bark and Joe would host for this bringer show on Monday nights. And you guys knew Daniela and she like ran that show. Yeah, I was, yeah. Oh yeah. There was one night where um, birthday today I saw on Facebook weirdly enough. Oh wow. How appropriate. She uh yeah. She introduced (laughs) me to fucking list Koppelman. She introduced me to a bunch of people. But she you, you, yeah. Um there was one night where she, you know, she ran the show and then sometimes she'd be like, I'm gonna go up. But there was one night there was just two firefighters in the crowd and the show was almost over. And she's like, I'm gonna go on stage. And we're like, are you sure? And she had like wine mouth, you know? She's like, no, I'm going to go up. And I was like, Joe's like, all right, I'll bring you up. And he brings her up. And she sits down and she starts talking to these firefighters. And she's like, do you guys think 9-11 was an inside job? And Joe and I are like, dude, this is crazy. This is crazy. And Joe looks at me and he goes, he goes, uh, uh, you hit play. I forget which one, which one it was, but he's like, you hit play, I'll hit the lights. And I was like, and I was like, okay, go. And I hit play on, you know, the stereo was right there, right yeah, when you yeah. walked in. And I hit play on the stereo, and Joe killed the lights. And you just hear, "Hey, mama, say the way you move, go make you dance, go make you groove." And Joe and I go, <laughs> Joe and I go down the staircase to the bag it in, and we sit at the corner of the bag it in and get a shot and a beer. 
and Duncan, Daniela's friend, this is maybe like 10 minutes later, comes in the bar and he's like, <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong, dude? And he's like, I'm looking for whoever turned off the lights on Daniela while she was on stage. St. John and I are just sitting at the corner of the bar. We're like, dude, that fucking Led Zeppelin kicking into this moment will make me laugh when I'm by myself. Well, it was so good. We were like, what? What what the fuck? That's crazy. And we, we and we made sure to drink the half the beer so it looked like we had been there for like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my god, that's nuts. That was great. That might have the same night I showed Jessica I sexually assaulted Jessica Simpson. It was. We were fucking blackout and Bolger and Ira Proctor met up with us and then we stood outside as they closed the bag it in and uh someone was like, Yeah, Jessica Simpson's at Il Molino. Not, ass not assaulted. I want to take back the assaulted. Yeah, he didn't assault at all. <laughs> harassed. Yeah, you definitely heard. Sober, you just said that. <laughs> I was like, Joe's like, let's go in. Uh, we were, this is how drunk we were. This is Il Molino. This is like a fucking. I think this. It's like one of the top restaurants in New York. And Joe's like, fancy, yeah. Yeah, Joe goes, let's go in and get a beer. And I was like, yeah. And we had backpacks. And we, like, <laughs> <laughs> we walk up to El Molino and they're like, you can't come in here with sneakers. A couple and of B-boys. Like, and I was like, oh, okay. All right, whatever. And so we turned we're around. Couple, we're going a couple of B-boys get a brewski. <laughs> yeah. We're all thirsty from our cypher. <laughs> got my backpack with my cardboard so I can break dance on it. Linoleum. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, we're sitting there out front smoking. I'm smoking cigarettes, and we're next to the fire station, and there's like a fucking Escalade. And, and Jessica Simpson goes from the bar, gets in the Escalade, and then Joe just pulls his soft dick out in his hand and does like a side run with the Escalade wagging his dick. <laughs> That's not at all what happened. That is oh, not shit, Liz. <laughs> That's what I remember. That's not what happened at all. Where is that guy, and can he come to the barbecue? <laughs> this is being recorded. No, we were sitting there. We were mad. This is like somehow. I wish that's what happened. Shit. <laughs> somehow we were angry. Like we did. They didn't let us in. And like this is how my mind worked. I was mad. I was like, "Fuck them, man! This is the elites trying to keep us down." And like we had like four bucks each. I'm wearing New Balances. We had jeans with holes in. Them. And we're like, they, they had the restaurant like shut down. It was like she was at the height of her stardom. And yeah, I was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was I, late as fuck. I was like, fuck them. When she comes, I'm going to show her my dick. I'm going to show her my dick when she comes out. And we waited there for like a while, like the entire time it took her to eat a meal. And then like, you could feel it. Was start, like, the driver came out and started up the car. We're like, here we come. And so I just stood there yeah. with my dick out, like, like with my arms folded and they never even looked over. There was yeah. they had like a, uh, you know, like a, what do you call that? Like a cavalcade. What's that word? Caravan. A bunch of people. Yeah. What do you call that? The crew yeah, they got has it. Entourage. Uh, 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 entourage, yeah. Security like her entourage, entourage came out and they had her all they were all like piled around her. But I started like doing this and stuff. Oh. With my uh, I don't think I chased the car though. I don't Joe, I love I love how I thought Joe was gonna be like, I did not take my dick out, Dan. Take that oh, yeah, dick like, out. <laughs> It's like I didn't do a little damper. He's getting sidestep with the truck. I don't think I chased the car down the street. That, sh that should be 
the actual like uh, official let definition me, of, of raging against the machine. <laughs> let me clarify. It was more of a. It was like a three side skip, and then he yeah, stopped. Sure, <laughs> he didn't get past the. He didn't get past the comedy village. Dude, it was like he had to, buddy. You hung Dork and you Axel Rose down the street with a fucking. Uh, big look. Yeah. But Jessica Simpson did not. See me, I'm pretty confident. No, I guarantee a she security member did that. Uh, <laughs> possibly. A fan calls in and goes, dude, I know her. She still talks about it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Got away. Yeah. Dude, It'll always be the one that got away. Thank you so much for coming on the bonfire. Make sure you check out Tuesdays with Stories and Mindful Metal Jacket, JoeListComedy.com, at JoeListComedy. Right? Well, sorry, that was my yeah. mistake. It's ComedianJoeList.com. Comedian what a great segue, by the way, into my mental health podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, see the see the cleanup that he had to do because of all that damage. Make sure yeah. you check it out. Also, make sure you check out Without a Country, uh, GasDigitalNetwork.com with Joe DeRosa and Corinne Fisher and Sixth and Jump, uh, Thanks, the bro. 21 Jump Street Review podcast with Ari Shafir, Big J, and I. We love you guys. And so hard. Thanks for listening.